This show is sponsored by Cocoon Weaver. Hi, Clubbers. We've written a book. It's called Have You Tried This? It's out on February the 15th, 2024, and it's by Welbeck Publishing. It has chapters on confidence, on self-love, on relationships, on boundaries. Work-life balance, calm, physical health. It's a one-stop shop for self-care. It's available right now on pre-order. Be the first to get your copy. Link is in our show notes. Welcome to Self Care Club. I'm Nicole Goodman. I'm Lauren Mishcon. We did that a funny way around. Yeah, I, I went to speak, but you cut me to the chase. I cut you to the core of your being. No, you didn't. Okay, good. You've never done that. How are you this week, Nicole Goodman? What I, are you doing for your self care? I'm not great. What? What do you mean? Well, I mean, no one wants to hear me moaning, but I don't feel great. I've got a cold. I'm getting a cold. I feel like I've been drinking too much recently. I haven't been eating brilliantly. I'm not taking my supplements. Like, I'm really not. Not training great. Who are you? I thought you were the best-selling author of Have You Tried This and podcast extraordinaire host. You forgot Sunday Times bestseller. Oh, yeah. What's going on? What do you mean what's going on? It's been your birthday. I'm I'm human, okay? (laughs) I'm human. (laughs) Am I allowed to be human? Yes, you are. It's been your birthday, so there's been a bit of drinking. Well, it was before my birthday. There was this whole party, so I got absolutely wasted there. And then the following weekend, I was drinking again. Two yeah. nights in a row. Very unlike me. And whenever I drink a lot, I get ill. Yeah, you are like the worst. You have the best time, but then you have the worst suffering afterwards. I'm beginning to wonder if it's worth it for you. Sometimes it is. Last okay. weekend, it was totally worth okay. it. But, you know, two weekends in a row, it's just, just look at me. Look at me. You look fine. <laughs> you look your usual lovely self. You just feel a bit schwach. There's your really, Yiddish for the week. I feel really rubbish. I really oh, do. I'm sorry. So my self-care is a bit shit. Oh. And I'm actually thinking, sorry to tell you this. Yeah. I'm thinking of going sober curious. I don't mind if you go sober curious, but please don't go teetotal forever on me. Because I'll feel, I'll feel like alcohol shamed. I feel like the only drinker in the gang. The, the only... gang being you and me. It's not a big gang. <laughs> It's not a big gang. It's a small gang. But I wouldn't be shaming you. I'm not saying you would shame I think me. I'm saying I would feel If the roles shamed. were reversed, I, you would shame me. Would I? I think so. Listen, yeah. it's never going to happen that I'm teetotal and I and I berate you for drinking. It's just not a thing. I would never do that. Do you honestly think I would no, do that? No, I don't that? think you would do it. I just think I would feel it. Listen, I would feel like my, Some of my friends still smoke. I don't smoke. I'd feel self-conscious. Like when I poured myself a GNT and I sipped it, and you were having when, a fizzy when water. When are we drinking together? When it's not like on a Wednesday afternoon you pour yourself a GNT. No, I, I don't. Very rare don't. that we have an alcoholic beverage together, and it's only when we're socialising. Yeah, but then it will be like, oh, we're socialising, and she's having a DC, and I'm having a GNT. I yeah. actually prefer Coke Zero these days. Do you? Mm. I still love the little caffeine hit of a DC. You know what? It just really runs me down. It's not yeah. worth it. It's not great. It doesn't serve you. So alcohol. I'm definitely for the next couple of weeks just coming off to see how I feel. Okay. You know, we've got our book launch tomorrow. We have. I'm not going to drink there. I'm going to definitely have a glass of Prosecco, possibly two. Okay. Well, you yeah. deserve it. I'll probably have one anyway. <laughs> they give me such a headache though. Anyway, how are you? What are you do for your own self-care? I hope it's a bit more positive than mine because we are the best-selling authors of Have You Tried This, which is a self-care guide, the only one you're ever going to need. So I hope you're doing more self-care than I am. Excellent plugging there. Um, I had an amazing um, cranial sacral session. I went back 
to the same place that we did our episode on uh, for a multi-hand session. And wow, it was like, I'm not going to go into it, but it was like 20 years of therapy in an hour's session. Do you it was like they felt my soul. They did. And they picked up on things like... Fucking hell, they picked up. By the way, I've booked it. Have you? I'm mm. so Lauren, happy. Well, you were incessantly sending me emails about I was. their dates and times. So well, you told me to. To shut her up. I you did. told me to. <laughs> of course I did. To be fair. Um, so good. I'm pleased that you had a great time. How The reason you went, though, is was not for my therapy. shoulder. How is the shoulder? It's the same. <laughs> it's it's not better, but I think to fix a possible torn rotator cuff with one cranial session is a little bit much to ask. How can they te- how can they repair a tear anyway? What? You had a scan on know. it. No, I haven't had a scan yet. I'm gonna maybe next week when we do. What are you doing for your own self-care? Go for a scan. It, yeah, it could be. I've had a scan. It could be. It's you know what? It's not. I say that. I say it's not fixed, but actually, it's not really been bothering me very much the only time it bothers me massively is when I try and do up or undo a bra and now I just do it at the front so I've resolved that problem yeah it needs sorting out it's it, horrible it having a bad shoulder but it's not as bad as it was anyway it was fabulous and if you've never had cranial sacral therapy I really do recommend it it really is witchcraft but they listen they don't think it is they Obviously, they don't, they don't sell it as some like pseudoscience no, in any respect no. or anything that's... Because I asked them, is this very woo-woo? They're like, no, no. it is actually scientific. Like, but how? Anyway, go listen to the show <laughs> Yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, um, We're going to get on with our subject of the day. We are. It's still February. We're still dealing with matters of the heart. And this week, we're going to tackle something that I don't think is talked about very much, if at all. And that is the subject of unrequited love. Boom. Boom. Drop the mic moment. Unrequited love is very complex. It can be very painful. And it's when your feelings of affection, admiration or romantic attraction towards another person are not reciprocated. Oh, it's so awful. It is. But just to be clear and really for this show, we're talking about it in a romantic but also a platonic way. Because unrequited love, although you may not think of it immediately, can absolutely happen in a non-romantic Absolutely. way. Think of any relationships that you've had in your life where you are trying much harder than the other person. I would call that unrequited love. For sure. So we want to dive into this very multifaceted issue. And as always with Self Care Club, give you some tips and tricks and tools to help you if you find yourself experiencing it. Well, the key here in unrequited love, it's the disparity between your feelings and the other person's lack of interest. I mean, oh, I mean, you say that and your chest just drops, doesn't it? It's just awful. And it, you know, can lead you to feeling all sorts of things like rejection, inadequacy, insecurity, hurt, sadness, frustration, sometimes even anger. Yeah, it's a a, definitely a grieving process, can't it? And this can be very, very painful and intense. Yeah. Um, so examples of unrequited love would be falling in love with someone who doesn't feel the same way. Ouch. Oh, that's so sad. Wanting to be with someone who's already in another relationship. I remember my friend, I'm going back a long time ago. I mean, she's been married now. She's been married for 18 years. So I'm going back a really long time ago. And she was in completely in love. with. We used to work together and he was married, this guy. She was oh. completely in love with him. Oh. And they had a really lovely friendship, but he was very happily married and he never, ever gave her any reason to think that he was going to leave his wife, yeah. even though she kind of told him, told, she tell him? told herself. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> she told herself that that was going to happen. So it was okay. like, mate, he's happy. He's like never said anything. Mm. Mm. She still talks about it sometimes. Painful. Yeah. Um, another example could be wanting to be with someone that you can't be for some reason. Maybe they live too far away. Maybe you work together. Maybe they're a different sexuality to oh, you. Oh, that is like you and Dan Levy. You can love him all you want. It's always going to be unrequited. I'm sorry to tell you. But even if Dan Levy was straight, it would still be unrequited <laughs> because he's Dan Levy and he's like a super gooper looper star. You, you don't know that. If Dan Levy was straight, he might fall in love with you. But then you'd How be like, I'm sorry, meet... mate. I'm married to Adam. How am I ever going to meet Dan Levy? Oh, listen, there's only six degrees between most people. so you And would... he's Jewish. Yeah, so that's Maybe what I mean. There's probably a like... nice Jewish wife. He's not. He's looking for a nice Jewish husband. But... And he's single. Yeah. But you're still a woman. So, and married, very, very so, married. So forget it. It's unrequited. Oh, I, well, you didn't need to bring it up. It's not me. It's mean. Mean. You just depend on your friend to make you feel shit on a Monday morning. What about um, developing romantic feelings for a friend who only sees you as a friend? I have had that so many times. Oh, I've had that so many times. Have you? Yeah, it's so nice. Have you? So Go on, come on, share. No, I can't. I don't want. To. I actually, when we would, I was going over the script last night. Mm. And it brought back so many examples of so many guys that I had crushes on and I suddenly became like best friends with them and they just did not see me in that way well, at what all. What about like when someone breaks up with you and their love, they no longer feel those feelings for you, but you still feel it for them? Oh my God. Oh my God. So I was going out with a guy. We were going out for about three years. Mm. I actually don't remember why we split up now. We mm. split up in the middle of it. Mm. And that was down to me. I split up with him. Mm. And then we got back together again. And I mean, I loved, adored this guy. Mm. He was the guy. Mm. My parents loved him. Mm. I, his parents loved me. Like mm. everything was all set yeah. to go. Um, he had a lovely family, like everything. We were young and I just adored him. And he broke up with me. And I cannot remember why now. Oh, and to say I was heartbroken, yeah. I mean, that heartbreak where you can't eat because your throat has closed up yeah. on you. I lost like a and stone you cry all day. My sister took me to my favorite restaurant where they did the best chips and I could not, I literally couldn't swallow it. Oh. I was just completely bereft, yeah. bereft over this guy. And I remember going to, um, oh, what was it called? Strawberry Moon? Or there was this, there was this bar that was very trendy at the time and we went on a Saturday night and he was there and oh. he wasn't returning any of my calls and not only was he there he was there with another girl oh my god stab to the heart stab to the heart this girl anyway and I was like following following him around trying to get a conversation with him thinking oh if he just sees me he'll love me again but obviously he didn't and I think he told me to go away or I can't really remember but it was it was a very very traumatic evening and it was an awful time Anyway, he ends up marrying this girl. <gasps> I'm talking, it was like a week after we'd split up. What, and they got engaged? They got engaged. A week later? No, 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 no. But they got engaged. Oh, right. But he just like, no, a week later I saw him at this club. A week after he dumped you? And he was with her. Oh, So I wonder if they were together before. Mm. I don't really know. Mm. Sounds well, a okay, I do know. <laughs> no, I don't, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Anyway, and he started going out in this relationship immediately. I mean, I was... I was on the floor. And um, anyway, he ended up marrying this girl. Mm. My daughter, I don't even know if I've told you this. My daughter started in a new school. She went um, in year seven last year. Mm. 
and at they do like an induction day, mm-hmm. he's fucking there. Oh, his son, I think it's his son, mm-hmm. is in the same year as my daughter. daughter. So now at every parents' evening, every school show, every whatever, I have to see him and his wife and his kids. <laughs> But I am presuming many decades later that your love <laughs> has faded. <laughs> no, of course it's faded. And you know, the funniest, he's always very friendly and he's always so friendly to Adam. Yeah. And it really winds me up yeah. every time. Because he's like, hello, mate. And he pats him on the back and they have a handshake and they have a whole chat. And he's all he just says hello to me. Mm. But they have a whole, and I'm like, can you just stop talking to him? Yeah. I don't know why he's so friendly to you and not that friendly to me, but just stop. Adam's like, I don't know. He just always makes a beeline for Adam. But now I have to see him all the time. How do you feel about seeing him now? I feel absolutely fine okay, about good. it. I do feel absolutely fine about it because good. I'm married with kids of my own. But yeah. it's just unfortunate. Yeah, it is a bit. You know, it's like when, a bit you, when someone breaks up with you. You don't want to see him again. Yeah, You need them to not exist anymore. Yeah, you need them to puff, disappear in a puff of smoke. Not in a, like, something tragically happening no, 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 to them. No, 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 but just like vanish. Right, you need to go away now. Yeah. Don't be in my life again. Don't exist in yeah. my orbit. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about unrequited love is, and I think this is key to this week, is that people always show you who they are. People always show you who they are. And they yeah, may but be... you have to be open to receiving that information. You do, but Because they... often you're not. No. Often you are not. And you're clinging, clinging, clinging on to this Come on, give us an example of when you've had unrequited love. No. Hoping, Why? I don't want to. Why? I can't bear it. No, you have to. No, I'm not. You, uh, oh, okay. So shall I just have a one-sided conversation with myself? Then? Yeah. What is, so you're going to bring nothing to the show? No. What do you mean? I can't stand it. I, I just find the whole thing like... What is going on really over there, Mrs. <laughs> Nishkon? Come on, spill the fucking beans. Okay. You've been married a long time. I have. I have. And I, I, I hope the love is... Is requited even a word? Whatever, you're very happily married and I've Ollie is very into you, so don't worry about it. I was it. about to say, I, I hope the love is requited, but I don't know if requited is a word. Unrequited is. There's very few words like that in the English language. Stop stalling. <laughs> Just get on with it. I have been in a situation where someone no longer loved me, but I still loved them. Very, Just one. Yeah, very, very. I would say only one that hurt. Very, very they painful. It's hurt. very, very painful. Was this the boyfriend that wasn't very yeah, nice to you? Yeah, I can't He even... is the gift that keeps on giving and this guy, isn't it he? It just, it was very, it was the same thing. There was a lot of crying. There's a lot of heartbreak. Nothing stops me eating, really. So I don't remember stopping eating. But no, I just... nothing stops me eating, which is why it was yeah. such a thing that I remember. But I just do remember feeling... Feeling very like... What's wrong with me? Why don't you love me? And where does all the love that I put in, where's, where does that love go? I feel like you've really skirted around the edges of that. I've got oh to say, my God, ve- I haven't skirted around the edges of yes, that. Yes, you have. It was really painful. Like, good, tell us everything. I just <laughs> have told you everything. He, he dumped me. Yeah. I, I was was, it, were you expecting it? Was I expecting it? It had been very, very on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. So by the end... He probably did you a fucking favour. He wasn't very nice <sighs> to you, was he? Not really. There were many times where it was... What are you looking for? An escape route? Yeah. What are you looking? She's looking around. There were around. many times when it was on and other times when it was off. And when it was so, on, was it like with that heightened state of, oh, good, thank God I can breathe. And then when it was off, you were just bereft. 
that up and down feeling. Of sometimes I was bereft. Sometimes I wasn't. Sometimes I thought this is a good thing. Sometimes I didn't. But anyway, How we long just did it go on for? five and a half years. Awful. But we always found our way back to each other. And then it really did end. And actually, the day, the day it actually, actually, actually ended, it was kind of a mutual conversation. There was a lot of crying, but both sides. We had a big chat. We both burst into tears. We had to break up. It was really terrible and very sad. But it's not unrequited though, is it? Yes, because the no, feeling is like it's not unrequited. There's all the love. Where does the unrequited? Love go? Yeah, but that's not unrequited. Unrequited is when you feel a way about someone and they don't return that love. I don't think I've ever had unrequited love. I think I've had unrequited crush, and that's not quite the same thing. I yes, I think. Do you know the, what I mean? The example I just gave was the only time. Yeah. But all the others, and there were many, because I was single for a long time, mm. there were lots of unrequited crushes. Well, like, you really fancy someone for a really long time, but it is so clear that they don't fancy you. But it's you. not clear. Or they're dating someone else. But it's not clear. I, I always found it quite clear. Because they either did not fancy me back or they were dating someone else. But, you, but when you are in that state... You can make up all sorts of stories to yourself. Oh my God, well, they said this and then they looked at me this way. And then what does that mean? And then you go and analyze it with all your friends and like, but hold on. And he asked me not to go home. So I didn't go home. And then we had more of a chat. And do you think that means that he wants to be with me? And you know, all of that shit. Have you ever been on the other side of unrequited love? Um, Where someone's loved you, but you have not felt that way about them? Yes. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. And there was there was one guy where I really wished I had felt the same because mm. he was great and fun and smart and ambitious. And we were such good friends and we had the best time together. But I just didn't. And I quite fancied him. Mm. But he always ever so slightly gave me the ick. Yeah. Once you've got it, you can't get over it. It's a lot easier being on that side of the fence because if you don't feel it, it you is. just plain don't feel it. Well, it is and it isn't. It depends how you feel towards that person because I was so fond of him. Mm. It was still quite difficult to manage. I, I have to say I have not found that situation difficult to manage because if, well, if I don't you... feel it, I don't feel it. So it's not, there's no emotions attached to it. Well, there is if you like them as a person. Yeah, but I still, I, I was always able to be quite, like clear and boundaried about that. Sorry, but it's easier being, I'd much rather be on that side of the fence than the other side of the fence. I don't think it's easier being on any side of the fence, to be honest. It's a shame. And what I find really fascinating about unrequited love is that surely you create this chemistry together. So how deluded do you have to be to think they might be into you even though they're not? Because chemistry is chemistry, right? And you create a chemistry together well that's what i'm saying to you it's like where does the love go if one of you stops loving the other person but the other but one still loves stops. them what if one person feels away and the other person doesn't that's the piece that i find really fascinating because it's a law of attraction but that's not really working out is it if one person feels one way and the other person doesn't maybe how does that work because maybe sometimes in that situation you're projecting a sort of fantasy onto yes, it rather than yes. a reality yes so i think it's you're it's creating delusion. the chemistry in your head you're creating it absolutely mm. and i think that happens a lot mm. a lot i see it with my 
daughter and her friends and mm. all the chat, 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 chat. I was about to say, I think it is very much a young, a very, a ve- when I say younger, I mean really young. It's like a teen thing, right? Because I don't think that happens so much when you're older, apart it from does. me and Justin Bieber. It does, but that's about you- it. Definitely a case of unrequited love there. Firstly, yeah. don't, not, don't, 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 don't ruin what? it. Don't ruin it for me. We share a birthday. Do you? Yeah. It's meant to be. He just doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not even that fit. He is to me. No, he isn't. Don't cast my boyfriend. You can't actually say that with um, authority because I'll tell you why you got married very young. Yeah, I did. So I got married. How old were you when you got married? 23 young right. years old. So I got married at 30. Yeah. So I lived seven more. You did. I And I did. You did. I really did. And I was, you know, I was a single girl about town. I really mm-hmm. was. Um, so I don't think it's a young mindset. I think it's a single mindset. Obviously, as you get older, you come into yourself more and you learn about your boundaries and what you want and what you don't want and what you'll tolerate and what you won't. And all of those things are a learning as you come into your 30s and 40s. But it's, I think it's very easy to create a whole scenario in your head that doesn't actually exist. Because if we are to go on the law of attraction then it has to be delusion, right? Well, it that has creates to be. That. It has to be. But do you ever, do you ever like, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Go on then. Do you ever just walk in somewhere or you get talking to someone and you just know that you fancy each other? Not really anymore. No, but over the years I'm talking, obviously yeah. not anymore. Yeah, of course. That's what I mean. So that's what I'm saying. So it's law of attraction. Because there's like a thing between you that you don't, might not even, I mean, and nothing might, ever happen happen that day or happen on any day but it's quite obvious because you feel it between the two of you right yeah and that's That's chemistry exactly that's a chemistry that you can only create together yeah or between you or whatever that is the just the energy yeah between two people yeah find it fascinating yeah so this unrequited piece has to be built out of a little bit of delusion would you say has to be if you've never been in a relationship with them, yes. But I guess we're more talking about if you have been in a relationship with them and they go, you know, they well, we're not just off. we're not just talking about that. Or if it's a or if it's a platonic relationship. Oh, have you had it in a platonic relationship? I think you and I sometimes still have it in platonic relationships in our lives, which is what brought us to this are show. Trying, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> my god what is going on here no. what do you mean i'm saying the reason that we did what, this what, what, what are you doing i'm sorry my bra rode up i had to pull it down <laughs> the reason that we we did this show was because you and i were having a very similar conversation about a, a place in our lives where we feel like we put quite a lot of love in to a platonic relationship and it isn't reciprocated and we were like oh my god it's unrequited love in a platonic way. Yeah. And that's just a one-way street. That's really nothing to do with chemistry. That's more to do with putting energy, love, heart, feelings into a relationship with somebody or feeling that way towards somebody, giving a lot of yourself and them not reciprocating those feelings or that care towards you. And that is really painful. As you said, I'm not up and you said to me, I said to you, yeah, it's, I can't remember. We were texting about it and and I said to you, yeah, it, it, it sucks. And you were like, no. You said hurt. it's annoying. Oh, yeah. That's right. I said, 
it's really annoying. And you said it's not annoying. It's really hurtful. Yeah, I did. And that was what brought us really to this show, wasn't it? Yeah, it is hurtful. So some signs of unrequited love is you put more effort into the relationship than the other. That can be platonic or non-platonic. You do that with Justin Bieber. Yep. I definitely and, do that with Dan Levy. I definitely, and, he doesn't listen to my podcast. I'll listen to him. You don't him. know he doesn't listen to your podcast. He do, you Dan, don't know. Dan, Dan Levy, if you are listening. <laughs> send us an email. Oh, hello at the selfcareclub.co.uk. Can you imagine? Can you, Can you imagine? But you know what? It's true because I watch all his work. Yeah. You know, I invest into his creativity. He doesn't invest in mine. What am I doing with myself? You're making yourself more available to him than he is to you. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I should really need to put a boundary around that, Dan. Okay, let's let's move on from romantic love because I really want to focus more a bit on platonic unrequited love. What about unrequited friendships? Can I just can I just say something though, yeah. before we move on to that? Um, this whole thing was reminding me of that film. Do you remember that film? He's just not that into you. I don't remember the film, but I remember in Sex and the City when Miranda, someone says to Miranda, "Listen, girl, let me just tell you, he's not that into you." And it's like a light bulb no, goes off in her, film. and she says it to everyone else. No, it's the film. It's not Sex and the City. No, it did happen in Sex and the City. Did it? Yeah, there's one. Miranda is dating this guy. She's obsessed with him. He's not obsessed with her. And a stranger at a table in a restaurant says to her, listen, he's just not that into you. And she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's just not that into me. And then she goes oh, around she the goes city telling, telling everybody, everyone. listen, listen, listen to this thing. He's just not that into you. <laughs> And everyone's and, like, rouge. Like, no, no it's brilliant. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happens in this film. I don't think I've ever seen the film. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Aniston, Bradley Cooper. It's got the most amazing cast. I, how have I never seen it? And it's all, it's a bit like Love Actually in the sense that there's all different characters okay. running different storylines. Right. Um, with the theme of he's just not that into you. Okay. And this bartender, this girl, and she's always has all these crushes and all these wrong uns and she spends all this time and energy and trying to cook for them and please them and they're just not in they're just not, not into her. Remotely interested. Yeah. And she's crying because she's been stood up on a date and this barman basically says to her, listen, it's not complicated. If a man is interested in you, he will make it known. We are simple creatures. He's just not that into you. Yeah. And she's like, What? So it's a whole light bulb, exactly the same thing. And I think that applies. But coming back to your point, I think it's trickier when it's in a plutonic relationship. Yeah, I agree. And and somehow more complex. Yeah. Because heartbreak, everyone understands heartbreak. Everyone understands breakups. Everyone understands I love them, but they didn't love me or they did love me and they don't anymore. It's kind of a universal thing, right? But it gets a bit muckier when it is your friends or your family or someone who you're not romantically invested in. But they're still in your life. Yeah. Ever had an unrequited friendship? Um, is it even a friendship then? You know... Listen, I've I've had a, a, a few difficult friendships, which I've spoken about on here, written about in the book mm. as well. Um, but I have, there was one girl who I was very taken with and I really wanted to be friends with her. Mm -hmm. And I asked her. Is it me? <laughs> are we not friends? <laughs> well, now that you're talking about it. <laughs> well, what the fuck do you do with your friends then? <laughs> um, 
and she was my neighbor oh okay and I really liked her and in COVID I was like oh let's just meet up and let's go for a walk and she was all like yeah 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 never did mm. and then I'd bump into her in the high street and I'd be like oh we must meet for a coffee and she'd like yeah 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 never did mm -hmm. but I couldn't understand it because whenever we saw each other and bumped into each other we always had the best time mm -hmm. well I had the best time yeah and I thought she was so cool and I really wanted to be her friend yeah it is evident that she did not want to be my friend. She's just not that into you. She just wasn't that into me. Yeah. But I don't understand because whenever we did see each other, mm. like, you know, in COVID, when you're like walking the street, you've got mm. nothing to do, we'd bump yeah. into each other. And like, you're so happy to see somebody. And we'd be stood on the street for like 20 minutes just talking. And I just thought we had the most amazing chemistry together. She just did not take me up on any of my offers. Eventually, I got the fucking hint. And I stopped asking. I mean, to be fair, I do remember in COVID once having a half an hour conversation with a couple in their 70s who live in my street who I've never spoken to before and feeling like I'd had the best morning ever and why I don't invite around for dinner every single week because it was such fun. But really, I think we were just socially no, isolated no, this and went, desperate. This went beyond COVID. This girl was my age. She's got kids slightly younger than me. And we just we had a lot in common mm. and she had her own business mm. and... Mm. I really I'm hope she's not listening down, to this, but I'm putting that down to COVID vibes. No, it wasn't COVID. I, I, I kept asking after COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Okay. She's, she's just, just not that into you. She's just not that into me. Yeah. I want to know why. There might we would not have be had a such reason a nice why. friendship. Mm. And I really do believe she liked me. Again, is that delusion <laughs> or is that chemistry? Like, what is it? I don't know. I'd have to ask her, which obviously I'm not going to do no, because that would be tragic. That's really, really, really awkward. Tragic. Yeah, a bit tragic. It's really tragic. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I have a friendship that I still feel more invested in than she does. And I, I definitely still feel love and care and warmth. And I don't really know what she still feels about me, but I definitely feel like... I feel more about her than she does about me. Maybe that's not true. Maybe she is just not that into me. Or maybe she feels those things and doesn't express them. I don't know. But my general vibe my, my and my feeling is I'm right. And you're also not one, you're not paranoid. You're not one to make up stories. And no. I think if you're feeling something, you're probably... I'm probably right. You're probably right to feel what you're feeling. But I'm very, I'm a very loyal person. And like once you're, not really many people are in, like in with me in in but once you're in you're in and it's quite hard to leave like <laughs> fuck <laughs> like once you're oh my god once you're allowed in you're in for life right so i don't really feel like i want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't really feel like i want to let her go obviously i have let her go or I rather think... she's let me go but what i mean is i don't feel like my my love for her my feelings for her have disappeared even though she doesn't reciprocate, reciprocate. Yeah. Or doesn't want the same relationship with you that you perhaps want. Yeah. And so the, I, I am kind of feeling that is a little bit like unrequited love. And how does that feel? It feels a little bit hurtful, a little bit sad. Well, you've gone through the motions with it. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. You've gone through the motions with it. So you've settled here, but it's been a number of years. Yeah. And it's taken you a while to yeah. settle into yeah. this new relationship yeah. that you have with her. Yeah. And those things do take time. Mm. And to, I think in order to have any kind of relationship together, it takes a while for the dust to settle mm. Mm. rather than just cutting them out because from a place of hurt, actually, well, you're still in contact, aren't you? You just don't see each other. 
Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And then someone came over, didn't they, who lives in far away and it's a mutual friend. And then you, you realise that she'd made time to see her and she hadn't made time to see you. And that was I think that was a little bit of a turning point for you in that, wasn't it? It's just kind of not something that I have control over. So therefore, and we're going to talk about this in segment three is like, how do you manage it? Right. How, what do you do with that, with those feelings? How do you manage that? No, what I'm, but what I'm saying is that it was it was like kind of plodding along and it was fine. Yeah. But when this when this friend came over and you realised that they had seen each other quite quickly and her coming over, it was like, oh, oh, OK, we are there then. Mm. I wasn't mm. quite sure, but now I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. It's an adjustment period. It's yeah. not very nice. It's not it very nice. It it's not very nice. Oh, listen, I still see my neighbour and I just think, well, why didn't you want to be my friend? Why did she not want to be my friend? I don't know, Nicole. Why would she not want to be my friend? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a good friend, be, aren't I? You are, but you can't ask her. I can, but it'd be really it'd be weird. Really weird. <laughs> if you did ask her, she definitely wouldn't want to be your friend. <laughs> what would you even say? You know, I really wanted to be your friend and you didn't want to be mine. Is there a reason why? I mean, you yeah, think, this. This yeah, conversation, that's think. why. <laughs> so I think there are three major main points in how we can manage a state of unrequited love. Well, it's a pain, isn't it? It it's, is it's a pain. It's actually a physical... Sometimes it can be a physical pain. Pain. For sure. It, you can actually feel like your heart is breaking. Yeah. If it's that strong. Yeah. You know, if someone's broken up with you that you're completely in love with, then that is a proper heartbreak. Yeah. It really is. And it takes a long time for that heartbreak to heal. That can also just be, a, that's a one-off situation. You know, it's it's one and done. But when it's an unrequited love of someone who is a constant in your life, or maybe even a family member, that is ongoing. It's not something that ends because they're not going to disappear. So you may still or always carry feelings for them that they are not reciprocating. And you have to find a way around member, that. It becomes very, very difficult because there's no getting away from it. Right. So let's, let's talk about how to manage that. I think the first thing is accepting the reality of the situation. How do you even, how do you even accept that? It's really hard. So it's like your mother. It's really hard. How would you even go about I that? mean, I think if it's your mother, in all seriousness, we're talking about talking that through probably with a professional because that's a, million, a, that's a, million a, percent. a pain, a deep, deep, deep pain. Well, look, I mean, people do have parents walking out of their lives yeah. and there's not really any rhyme or reason and the father or the mother just isn't in their lives anymore and they have to find a way to make some peace with that. But I think that causes a lot of trauma and complexity in someone's life. But accepting the reality of it, I think, is healthier in the long run than I, living I in think, the delusion. I think accepting the reality of any situation is healthier. Mm. I really do. Yeah. My a friend of mine was going through a terrible, terrible, terrible breakup with her husband, and after like two years, she just wasn't coping very well at all, and she was just still so heartbroken as the day he left. Mm. And I kind of mentioned that actually, I think you need to just start accepting the reality, and she just couldn't. She wasn't ready mm. to. Mm. It mm. was like if she accepts it, then it really is over. Yeah, and yes. and that's a very hard. That's a very hard step to take, isn't it? Definitely. Much healthier, for sure, because then you're on your road to healing and recovery, however long that takes. But it's a very hard step. It is. 
Number two, letting go of unrealistic expectations. So in the case of my neighbour. <laughs> yeah. Not expecting her to knock on the door with asking a lemon she... drizzle cake, asking if you want to come out for a jaunt around the park. Or in the case of a family member, just knowing, listen, you're this probably is... not going to show up for me. Or show me love so in the way sad. that I want. Or It's so sad. It and is. actually, I think what in the avoidance, the reason that, I think the reason people will avoid stepping into the reality mm. is because they don't want to feel that heartbreak or they don't want to feel that sadness. I always say to my coaching clients, but that sadness is an appropriate emotion. Yes. It's a healthy emotion. Yes. It might not feel great, but it is a real emotion that you have to get through rather than all the anguish that sits around it trying to avoid it which causes so many issues and struggles for you. Actually, just sit in the sadness and really you'll feel a lot better. But when you are letting go of unrealistic expectations, you stop setting yourself up to be heartbroken again and again and again. I know it's difficult. But you have to, I think you also have to accept, you have to, sorry, set those unrealistic expectations again and again and again. I don't think it's a one and done yeah, situation. It's, it's not when it's not when it's a platonic relationship. It's not because there are so many times and we're where we're talking it might about a, re a relationship that you can't walk away from. Yeah, so if it's a friendship, you can. Yeah, that you don't have to be around that. But if it's a family member, yeah. then then I think you have to keep reminding yourself of what the expectation must be. Right. So my birthday's coming up. I really must not be disappointed yeah. that this person doesn't send me a card or doesn't send me a gift yeah. or doesn't even text me. I should expect that by now because they've shown me who they are. They've it's, shown me who they are, it's, yeah. it's Christmas coming up. I know that they're not going to take time out to come and have a Christmas drink with me or chat to me on Christmas. You know, just letting go of that because otherwise every time it doesn't happen, you set yourself up for heartbreak over and over and over again. Over right? and over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And then redirect your focus and your energy towards other things. Because really, why are you putting this love, this care, this attention, this time into somebody who's not reflecting any of that back to you? Put you it know, into someone who is. You know, I have a very good tip for that. Go on. Get a dog. Oh, yeah. No, I'm serious. No, I, I know. Because you say, where does all that love go, right? Because you're still full of it. You still got yeah. all that love. Yeah. And you do need to put that love somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And whether that's going to be another friend, another partner, another family member, or just a little flurry friend. And a that little love is, friend. I mean... The love is reciprocated. Oh, always. Always. Oh, always. It's the best. No one loves you like your dog loves you. No one loves you like your dog. She just sits and stares at me now. It's her new trick. Oh, really? Oh, I love her. I, I love know. her so much. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. See, that's what happened when the neighbour... Blew me off. I got, you got the dog. A, you got a puppy. Wow, yeah. this neighbour's really had an impact on you. No, life. she hasn't. I'm no, joking. No, I she, know, I know. She has, I've never mentioned it to you before. Never have I? in your life mentioned it to me exactly. until this very day. Exactly. <laughs> well, it only dawned on me this morning. I'm like, oh my God, that was, was unrequited love. It was unrequited friendship. Offering of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do we cope with all of this in a healthy way? Go on, tell me. Well, you the acceptance yeah. is huge. Yeah. I think it's an ex a huge piece of the puzzle. So accepting the situation for what it is, mm -hmm. as we just said, accepting the reality as it is, yep. not how you wish it would be or how it used to be, how it is. Stay in the present and accept that your feelings are totally valid. 
like with you and your friend, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, oh, maybe I'm not feeling this way or maybe it's not true or your feelings are your feelings, mm -hmm. right? And you have to trust in that. You mm -hmm. trust that, well, I, I feel all of this emotion for a reason and I'm thinking these things for a reason, not because I'm delusional or, you know, I'm making something up in my head. Mm. It's okay to feel hurt. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. As we yeah. said, it's okay to be disappointed. These things are okay. They're appropriate. Yes. Appropriate responses to something that is difficult to manage emotionally. Yeah. And I think that's a really key piece, don't you? I think it's the most key piece, the acceptance. Yeah, I, I do too. And the acceptance and the trust in yourself that you can feel those things. You can feel those things and you're not going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. You can feel sad yeah. and you can feel hurt yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. But it, I think in the avoidance again, I can't stress it enough, is where all the difficulty happens. All the anxiety, all the sleepless nights, all the what ifs and what if I did this or what if I could do that or maybe they'll, you know, all of those, that language and that, oh, it's just so exhausting. It is. So the next piece is to practice some self-care. Absolutely. And, you know, acceptance is a big piece of self-care. It really is. To prioritize things that make you feel good. It really is that simple. Things that make you smile. Things that make you happy. Like a furry friend or going for a walk in the sunshine or, you know, that friend that's always there for you that you take maybe a little bit for granted. Call them, be with them. Mm. Allow yourself to see yourself through their eyes of how they see you not just how this other person who's rejected you sees you absolutely um boundaries yeah that's always going to come up and put, like we need a song for boundaries but like also put them up respect yourself a little and respect your boundaries and put them up enough to prioritize your own emotional well-being because why are you allowing yourself to go through all this time of being hurt and stepped over and ignored and taken for granted? You know, I think boundaries and self-respect come hand in hand. They do. And I'm just wondering how you implement those when it's a family member. It's really hard. It's really hard. But you can have boundaries around when you see them. Yes. How you see them. Yes. Um, and what, else, what other You could have boundaries around, do they come to your home? Are they welcome to your home hmm. or do you prefer to just see them when you're out? Are you going to spend times that are special for you, like your own birthday yeah. or Christmas Day yeah, with those people? So or are yeah. you going to have a boundary up where you go, actually, do you know what? No. And I think actually that you've made a really good point. Like if you see them and you go out, mm. then you're always in control of being able to leave. Yeah. If they come over or you go over there, it's a bit more difficult, isn't it? Yeah. So that's probably quite a good one of where you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Um, and use the experience for self-reflection. Yeah. Because I think the natural question to ask yourself is, what's wrong with me? Why don't you like me? Am I not attractive Why enough? Why am, am I, I not enough? Am I not lovable enough? Am I not good enough? Why am I not worthy enough? Right. But I think a bit of self-reflection, of course, is going to be very painful. But I think it can also be quite enlightening but also you know asking yourself the question of is this okay by me does this person treat me in a way that I choose to be treated mm -hmm. those sorts of questions mm -hmm. not just reliant on them feeling a certain way about you it's how do you feel about that what can you do for yourself about that 
It's changing that narrative, isn't it? Yeah. She's she's nodding furiously. I'm nodding in a yes, I am like a nodding dog. <laughs> you really are. Um, and I love the piece of look at where else you can direct that love. Yeah. Because you're right, it has to go somewhere. It does, and you know how many songs because you don't want to turn it into hate. But how many songs and films and TV shows and books are about unrequited love? Think of any song, any musician, any artist. Yeah. They draw all their inspiration yeah. from this. It is like a huge well of emotion to be drawn from. So I, channel it. Channel I was it. listening to this um, documentary about a uh, podcast documentary about Adele. Mm-hmm. And they basically said, I don't know how true this is, but it feels like it could be true. Um that she had her album, was it 19 and, and then, then 21. 21? Yeah. And then the next one, she there was a big gap, yes. wasn't there? Because yeah. she got married yeah. and she had a baby yeah. and she was happy. Yeah. And she didn't know how to write from a happy place. She <laughs> yeah. only ever wrote from a tormented place. And she got divorced, so she was able to write another right. album. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then she wrote about her son, mm-hmm. I think. Um but yeah, you can get quite, it can make you quite creative. I think it is a, an amazing thing for creative inspiration. Like, as I said Pain. to you, when we were texting, as Nora Ephron says, everything is copy. Everything is copy. You can use everything that happens to you to draw on and be inspired by. So use it, draw yeah, from it, right? Use it. And also take that love, that unrequited love, and direct it towards the people who show up for you and make it clear to you that your love for them is reciprocated. Put more energy into yeah, those you just people, know. those relationships. You know when you're in a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy yeah. one. You do. Yeah. You might not want to admit it to yourself, but you do know. Because, listen, we've written about it in the book. We have. I don't want to keep flexing that muscle, but okay, I will. Flex it, babes. The book only came out this week. You're allowed. I am. Uh, there's a whole chapter on relationships. And there's a chart on whether you're in a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship, whether that's with your mother, your sibling, your partner, your boss, your work colleague, doesn't matter. Any relationship is worth taking the time to figure out whether it's healthy and whether it makes you feel good. I would like to take all the clubbers and wrap them in my arms and rock them from side to side if they are in the pain of unrequited love. But I can't do that. But I hope that this show has maybe helped a little just to give you a glimmer of some ways to kind of get out of it Help yourself feel better, move through it. Very nice. We're going to be back on Wednesday with a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll bring my uh, my neighbour. Your unrequited love for your neighbour. And morning. we're going to be back on Friday with a weekly wellness roundup show. What a full and busy week. Always, always. So look after yourselves. If you are going through this, we hope that's helpful and If you want to go and buy a book, the link is in the show notes. Just scroll down and you'll see it there. If you want to be in touch, hello at selfcareclub.co.uk and we'll be back on Wednesday. Bye-bye.